Good evening, Rez. It's good to be here with you. I always enjoy coming and hanging out, and I'm looking forward to not only tonight, but in a couple of weeks, I'll be here on Sunday morning. And I want to tell you the couple of topics I'm going to cover. I'm going to talk about fear and sadness. Now, that ought to pump you up a lot. Fear and sadness, two of the emotional things God's given us that we honestly don't like to spend a lot of time thinking about. You think about it. You don't like to think about sadness and when you're sad. You don't like to think about fear and the things that cause you fear because we, we, we think of those verses. He does not give us the spirit of fear, which is true. But we still have fear in our lives. Tonight, some of you, I'm not talking about it, but you have something that's causing fear inside you. It could be a relationship. could be finances. could be something that happened today, something that you've heard medically about yourself. We have fears. And I'm going to talk about those fears tonight. Love is mentioned in the Bible 310 times. Faith is mentioned 336 times. Fear is mentioned 500 times. We wouldn't think about that. So to prepare for this, I did something. I tried to take myself back to the first time I can remember fear. So play along with me a second. If you're 20s, you don't have to think real far. If you're 60 like me, take a while. It's going to take a while. But go back and try to remember the first thing you can remember being afraid of. So go way back, probably three, four, five. Go way back. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Think way back. What was something when you were really little, you first realized, wow, I have fear. Two-year-olds don't have fear. Two-year-olds, you can take them and you can put them in your hands. You can throw them 20 feet in there and they'll go, wah! But as they get about five or six, they go, no, put me down. Because fear comes to reality. So go back. What's the first thing somebody can remember when you're a little kid? What's the first thing you remember being afraid of? Yell it out. What? Dark, the dark, yeah. Going in the basement, I'm with you. Going in that basement was freaky. What, what else? Big dogs. Did you have trouble with some? Yeah, big dogs, that's good. What else? What, bells? A belt, okay. Tells me about your childhood, bless you. Glad you're here. What else? Thunder and lightning. Yes, lightning scare you to death. What else? Being lost. Yeah. Anybody that grew up in a home where there was a lot of yelling, like your parents, that stuff comes back. Yeah, we have these fears. Um, I have some really odd fears. I, I think it's because I grew up, grew up near a nuclear reactor. This, this is really true. Uh, maybe some of you have a really odd fear. I'm, I'm afraid of like those very large electrical things as you go past them, like, you know, high-powered voltage, stuff like that. It freaks me out. When, when Jane and I go to South Carolina, we have to pass one in Tennessee, and I'll just be like, okay, babe, just can you just hold my hand? She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, hold my hand while we drive past that. It's really not any reason for me to fear it, but I got a fear of it because when I was a little kid, grew up near nuclear reactors, they always blew those sirens, and I always thought, one of these days, we're going to all die. And I got really fearful of anything that looks electrical. And to prepare for this, I got to tell you, the Lord took my mind somewhere. I have never thought of this before. I've never even read it in a book. I've never even had anybody, I've never heard anybody talk about this. But what did Jesus fear? Now, here's the question I asked that I never thought of before. 
at what age was he? At what age was Jesus when he realized he was going to be crucified and die on a cross? It's not in Scripture. When did Jesus know, I'm going to die like that? Hey, crucifixions were out there. He, as a boy growing up, he would have known what crucifixion is. And, you know, with the pictures we see of crucifixions, they're covered up in a loincloth. They weren't. They were crucified naked, shamed, everything you can think of. Jesus knew how he was going to die. What age? Do you think maybe he was in one of the synagogues and he was reading in the Old Testament and he was sharing these scriptures when he realized, wow, that's talking about me will be bruised. Me will be crucified. That's me. And you say, well, Jesus didn't have fear. Then if he didn't have fear, he can't relate to us. And one of the reasons God sent his son was so he could say, I want my own self through my son Jesus to know what humans feel. Jesus did no fear, and I can prove it. And I'll take you to the story where it happened. When Jesus was walking, as was his normal custom, Luke chapter 22, verse 39, he was walking out to the Mount of Olives. The Bible said he had his disciples with him. It's just before he was going to be crucified. And he walked out with them, and he knelt down with them, and he said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And then the Bible says he went about a stone's throw. So take a rock and throw it maybe to that exit sign. And the Bible says he walked there by himself and he knelt down and he said this, Father, is there any other way? He knew he was about to go through some crazy pain. And then the Bible says as he was praying, his sweat became as drops of blood. Now, y'all need to understand that. That's a medical thing. When you hear that, you go, oh, that's just a figurative thing. No, no, it really happened. I wanted to show you pictures of what this looked like, but it's too gross. If you Google it up sometime, if you've got the guts for it, you can just Google up this word, hematidrosis, H-E-M-A-T-I-D-R-O-S-I-S, hematidrosis. It's a medical term. It means you're under such stress that your body actually secretes drops of blood instead of sweat because the capillaries in your body are so stressed under this anxiety that you're facing that your body begins to bleed instead of sweat. That's what happened to Jesus. And in that moment, he realized, I'm taking the sins of the world on me. And God just told me I have to do it because he asked him and God the Father said, this is the way. And Jesus, I think at that moment, understood way past whatever we feel in our moments of anxiousness and fear. He gets it. If I said to you guys, hey, tomorrow at 2 o'clock we're going to crucify you, you think you'd sleep tonight? I don't think so. And so I'm just letting you know Jesus understands this thing called fear. And in a couple weeks when I talk about sadness, Jesus understood that too. He was called the man of sorrows. And tonight, I want to come alongside you because something's happened in me, and I'll talk about this at the very end of the message. In the last three years, the Lord has really healed some things inside me. I was ready to quit and give up. I was worried. I was fearful. And the Lord has healed that. I'm a healthier person. As I drove over here from Holland tonight, my wife had surgery. She's not with me tonight. She's home resting her foot. But as I left her and drove over here, I was just thinking about how much healthier I am now than I was three years ago. And I want tonight to talk to some of you who are in a place of fear, a place of worry. Uh, You guys know the story, my wayward child, Uh, going through some incredible battles at my work, Satan just beating the snot out of me. And I was ready to quit. And I come here tonight 
with a renewed joy and renewed fervor that I've never had, honestly, in my life. We're opening a new winning at home in downtown Holland for the poor and the needy. We opened one in Tampa Bay. God has just given me a new fervor, a new fire. And I'm going to tell you, it's not me. It's all him. And tonight, I just want to encourage somebody who is here who's thinking, I don't know, man. Maybe my days are numbered. I'm not sure I can be effective anymore. That's a lie from Satan. He wants to shame you and guilt you and worry you and keep you up at night thinking you're no good. And Jesus went through some of that same kind of stress. But let me remind you, he did die on the cross, but he did rise again. And you too can rise again from whatever it is Satan would love to beat you up with. And what I want to do tonight is I want to show you the difference between what I call good fear and bad fear. There's a bad fear that leads to worry, and there's a good fear that leads to focus. I'm going to bring up on the screen tonight two little observations. You're going to see on the left side, you're going to see what I call bad fear and worry. And then on the right side, you're going to see what I call good fear and worry is gone. We do have those slides, guys. We all good? Yeah, okay, there they are. So bad fear and worry, okay, on the left side. Good fear eliminates worry. So I want you tonight to know it's okay to fear. Nothing wrong with having fear because I'll show you how fear can help you. You know the verse, do not be anxious about anything, but instead, through prayer and supplication, bring your praises, petitions to God. In other words, we are not supposed to live a life of fear that leads to worry. And on the left side, I want you to know that bad fear and bad worry will cripple you. Uh, Let me give you an example of that. So, there's this kid I know, his family adopted him in the Holland area. And he's adopted for some really tough situations, a tough childhood, a little boy adopted by this family. He's, all, he's almost a teenager now, okay? And his parents tell me that when they drive by a certain place in Holland where he has memories of what happened to him, when they just drive by in the car, he is frozen. He cries. He is anxious. He can't look at the house, can't look at the place because fear cripples him. I get it. I understand it. I told you we're opening a 16th Street winning at home for the poor of the city of Holland. We're going to reach the children in the city who aren't getting help. And so I drove down there the other day. I went to a house in that area right on 17th Street. I got out of my car just by myself. I drove my little Ford Fusion into the driveway. I stepped out of my Ford Fusion. I'm standing in the driveway just going downtown. And when I got out of the car, closed my door, the house that was about six feet from me, I was in a driveway, a house. I do not know who lives in this house. But inside that house, oh, my goodness, there was this couple yelling and screaming and cursing. This is just a few days ago. Just slamming doors, effing this, throwing that. It was awful. And I'm standing in the driveway looking at this house, two-story house. They can't see me. There's a side. I'm just standing there listening. And I got to to tell you what happened to me. I got to tell you what happened to me. I traveled back all the way to my childhood. I was a little boy. That's what my parents did. That's what my dad did. And for just a second, I got to tell you, I was crippled. I was frozen. I was stopped, and I was going, oh, no. What is it? Here's what I was thinking. Are there any little kids in there? Is there anybody in there going to get hurt? I traveled back. I get chills right now. I, I was like, what am I going to do? And police say, don't get involved. They say, call the police. Don't get involved. But everything inside of me, I'm an adult now. I'm 58. I wanted to walk in that house and find that guy and go, stop it. I didn't do it, just so you know. 
But I wanted to because everything inside me, I mean, my heart was racing because I went back to being five. And then I want to show you how it can turn in a positive way. But this is what happened. I stood there. And because the Lord has healed me and redeemed me and given me hope, I don't have to live on this left side. I went on to the right side, and there's a good fear. I had a fear of what might be happening in that house. I had a fear. But here's what happened. It focused me. This is what started happening inside me. You bet we're going to bring a center down here. We're going to bring a place of winning at home to this community for the kids that might be inside. We are going to do something to make a difference. I might not have had that as a little boy growing up, but doggone it, we're going to do it in this community, and I'm going to do it for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be brought to a little kid who might be hearing all those F words inside that house. That's what I stood right there. I got back in my car. I'm like, we got to get this thing going. It focused me. See, bad fear will make you listen to that. Some of you tonight will recall something in your life, and Satan will bring it back, and it makes you just kind of want to go into a shell. And Jesus said, no, I've redeemed you from that. I've called, Dan, I allowed you to go through the things that you went through in your life so that now you can help children who might be in that very spot. Go make a difference in my name. And so tonight, I want you to know, whatever you've faced in your life, whatever challenge you've been through, let fear focus you to go help others who might be in that spot. You are redeemed by the Lord. If you aren't, you've come to the right place. This is a place for regeneration. It's called Res Life for a reason. And I want you tonight to believe that the Lord can take whatever that thing is Satan wants to turn into a nasty, bad fear, and he can turn it around and help you use it to make a difference for the kingdom. I didn't like the yelling in that driveway, but it did not deter me and make me want to go hide away. It caused me to want to go make a difference. And that's where good fear can drive you. Secondly, a second thing about fear Fear causes unhealthy thinking, leading to unhealthy decisions. Let me tell you what bad fear has done to some of you, okay? Here's what you sit in your house all by yourself. You wouldn't say this at church, but you know at home, here's some of the thoughts you have when you sit by yourself. I guess I'm just no good. I, I guess, you know, my husband, he doesn't love me, and I'm, I'm not going to be any different. I'm, I'm no good anymore. I'm, I'm just not here. I guess my wife, she doesn't care about me anymore, and, and, and you start thinking unhealthy. You start thinking bad thoughts. And unhealthy thoughts, listen to this very carefully, unhealthy thoughts lead to unhealthy decisions. We go do stuff that we go, man, if I was healthy, I wouldn't do that. We start finding our outs in things that are things we shouldn't find our outs in. And bad fear makes us go there. It makes us think we're worthless. It makes us feel shame. Some of you who were abused as a child, you feel shame. You didn't do one thing, but it's the nature of the way our mind works. We run to shame going, well, maybe I'm the real reason this happened. No, you aren't. I was abused as a little boy, terribly abused sexually as a little boy. Guess what? It wasn't my fault. I'm not to blame for that. That is not shame on me. That's shame on the perpetrator. And some of you here tonight need to know, if you have fear and anxiety in you because of something that happened to you as a child, do not let Satan turn that into unhealthy thinking on your part. You didn't do that. 
It's called the sinful world we live in. And I want to give you encouragement tonight. I'm standing up here because I'm your teammate. I want to run this race with you. I want us to finish the race. I want us to mark out a good course for the days ahead. And good fear will promote healthy thinking, leading you to healthy decisions. Let me tell you something. In the book of John, chapter 14, the Bible says, Jesus' words, he said, I'm going to leave you a helper. It's called the paracletos, the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. I'm not going to leave you alone. Yes, I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to heaven, but I won't leave you alone on this earth. I'm going to leave you something that will help you think clearly. It's called the Holy Spirit. My wife Jane recently got a car, bought a little Mazda, and I'd never driven it. She got it, and she brought it home, and she was driving it, and it's brand new. And I got in it to drive it. And I'm just driving down the road, and I'm not really paying good attention when I drive. I, I, I think I drive pretty good. She thinks I'm terrible, but I'm, I think I'm a pretty good driver. And I'd got a little bit too close to the edge of the road, you know, the, the line over there. And her car, maybe y'all got these sensors in your car, something in the steering wheel kind of bumped it back to the left. I didn't do it. And I was like, babe, did you grab the steering wheel? She's like, no. I'm like, that thing turned. Well, it's the new way they make cars, you know. Autonomous cars are this way. But I'd never driven one of these. And so I went over the left side, and I got close to the middle lane. That baby turned back. And I took my hand off of it. I said, Jane, I can just kind of drive down the road. This thing will bump me back and forth in the middle. And I started thinking, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Sometimes we, in, in life, we go to, you ever get over there near them rumble strips? And the Holy Spirit says, I'm trying to let you know this is not a good spot for you to go. Stay in your lane. Stay in the middle of my wheel. And then sometimes we want to cross over that other line. That gets real trouble because that's a head-on collision. And the Holy Spirit just has a way of, of nudging us and going, don't go there. Hey, hey, no, don't, don't go there because that's not good for you. That's not healthy for you. That's not going to help you in life. But what do we sometimes do? Well, I want to go there anyway. And we just bury through what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us not to do. And we get over there past those rumble strips. And what do we end up on the side of the road waving at people say, can you help me? Well, what happened? Well, I drove in the ditch. Why? I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. It's the truth. And when we have healthy thinking, when we see ourselves being used for God's glory, we make good decisions. When Dan is really seeking the Lord and listening to the Lord and obeying the voice of the Lord, I make really good decisions. But when I think about myself, it always leads me to trouble. Self will destroy you. I'm just trying to tell you tonight that the Lord has given us His Holy Spirit. And I'm asking you, even today, where's the place that He prompted you? Did you listen? When He kind of bumped you back, did you do that? Did you listen to Him? Did you obey Him? Because if you did, I bet you're pretty peaceful tonight. If you plowed on through it, you're probably going, little bit of guilt. And that's the way God made us. And see, see, good fear makes us look and go, well, I don't want to go over there and get in the ditch. Good fear bumps us back by the power of the Spirit. And so you need to see that sometimes when you have fear in your life and you say, wow, if I play out where this decision could take me, I don't like where that's going to end up. That's good. 
And so the fear of realizing I could go over there causes you to get back in the middle of your lane and drive right where the Lord wants you to go. And can I just say this to you? Each of us are responsible for our own car. A lot of us spend a lot of time talking about other people's cars. It takes enough of my own work to keep my own car in the center lane. You go and you do what is healthiest for you. This is something right now. My daughter, Anna, who you've prayed for, she's 23. She's beginning to make some really good choices in life. But every now and then, about every fifth one, I can see her really struggling with wanting to go back to that other one. And I say to her, you get to make your own choices, babe. But you need to look right now at your life. Those five good choices, where have they brought you? What could the one bad choice do? Today, I want to say to each of us in this room, you have to leave here tonight and make healthy choices that are obedient, obedient to what the Lord Jesus Christ wants. You know what I'm going to tell you? It's going to change some of the words that come out of your mouth. Some of the ways you speak to your spouse. Some of the ways you treat people. It'll change if you listen to the voice of the Lord. If you let him bump you back into the center. It might mean you have to establish some new habits good that's called healthy i'm just telling you i'm standing here today healthier than i was three years ago because i began to see if i obey the spirit i'll be fine i was at a place where i, was, I heard a lot y'all know my life pretty public a lot of people telling me what i should do i need to hear what he wants me to do because all this confuses me Good fear, number three, good fear, or bad fear, I should say, causes you to lose purpose and become ineffective. Good fear, your purpose is solidified. God will take your life, and he will make you exactly what he wants you to be. Or you'll just spend, hey, hey, listen, I know a lady right now, number three, down on the left side. She went through something a few years ago, maybe ten years ago. I have watched her become ineffective nice lady people love her she sits at home she hasn't changed her hairstyle in 10 years and that's fine you can have whatever you want but the point is she froze and she stopped and she said I can't go on and I look at her these days and I feel so bad for her I feel so bad for her husband because she's frozen in time and she's stopped. And she's quit. She's not making an impact for Christ. She used to. She will refer to those days. I remember when. Well, I want to tell you that that's because she's become ineffective. And I will tell you, I came here and I preached to go. In fact, I said this to Bernie a while back. I said, Bernie, can you tell any difference in me from three years ago to now? He said, yeah, you have a different fervor, a different fire. I said, yeah. I said, I preached. Because I wanted to honor the Lord. I did my best when I was going through that stuff with my daughter. I came here and preached, gave it everything I had. But what I had was becoming ineffective. I knew it. I was fighting through it. And I didn't want to finish ineffective. I want to finish strong for the Lord. And tonight, it's Wednesday night. If you're here tonight, you're serious about your faith, you're wanting to grow in the Lord. It may be that somebody came tonight as a guest and you don't know the Lord. We'll give you an opportunity to do that. Pastor Bernie will pray at the very end. And we always give an invitation for you to come to know Christ. But the reality is many of you have been walking with the Lord for a while.
I, I just want to ask you a question. Are you effectively walking with the Lord? Has something in your life frozen you? Has fear caused you to maybe become a worrier? Do you know any worriers? Are you like them? I'm just asking you to take a look at your own life tonight and say, what would healthy look like for me? Jesus, Jesus went by himself a lot on purpose because he knew what he was carrying and he needed to be healthy in his relationship with the Father. And I challenge you tonight to look at your life a second. We're closing this message out a really cool way. There's a song that I heard a while back. It's called Fear is a Liar. I've asked Jared to sing it tonight. And we're going to listen to this song. And here's what we're going to do. I'm asking you to use it as an invitation piece. I'm going to invite you in just a moment. We're going to all stand. And as, as Jared is singing this song called Fear is a Liar. Fear is a Liar. And if there's fear in your life that's frozen you, incapacitated you, kept you from being what you need to be, taken away your purpose, I want you to give that fear to the Lord. He can take it, and he can turn it into a healthy fear. And so I'm going to open this altar up, and as Jared begins to sing, as we stand in just a moment, I want you to come and kneel along the altar. If you just have something that, you're, that worries you, it gives you fear, it gives you anxiety, let's come you know, the, the theme of this night was spirit-led. That's what we're praying for right now. Spirit lead us. And if the Lord has spoken, very simple message. But if the Lord has spoken to you during this message, and you realize, I'm not all I should be purposed for the Lord because i got some worries and fears. I'm going to invite you to come. You say, but damn, people might know who I am. Perfect. You say, I'm a little fearful to come. Perfect. That means you're centering yourself in God's lane, and he's bumping you this way. So if you feel the Holy Spirit bumping you, let's just stand. Father God, as we stand, we give our fears to you. I pray tonight your spirit would speak to us. And as you speak to us, help us obey. As Jared begins to sing, if you sense the Lord speaking to you, would you just come and kneel and pray and give yourself to the Lord again in a new way?